Welcome back to Teaming Up. Glossophobes beware. On this episode, Casey and Andrew are talking about all things presentations and public speaking. So if you're one of the 75% of the population that has a fear of public speaking, you'll want to tune into this one. The pair will dive into best practices and tips for both our daily lives and in client and business scenarios. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the next episode of Teaming Up. Today's conversation is going to be all about presentations and public speaking. And I am so excited that Andrew is joining us for his first podcast as a Hodger. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks for having me on, Casey. Excited to be here. Well, and um, I'm super excited because with this topic in, in general, um, Andrew and I do a lot of um, uh, public speaking and a lot of presentations for the agency and with our clients. But um, Andrew is also a faculty member. Um, he taught public speaking when he was at Virginia Tech in grad school, and he um, will be teaching at Bright Point Community College in 2023 um, on the topic. So we also have our agency subject matter expert talking about public speaking. Um, but speaking about college, I mean, when I was going through the PR and communications track at East Carolina, public speaking was my least favorite class. I have, I'm historically shy. I'm an introvert. I don't like crowds of people. So, you know, 15 years ago, I was like this, I'm never going to use this because I'm going to be a workhorse. I'm behind my computer. I don't need to talk to people, but like presentations and public speaking, I feel like is almost all that we do, even if we don't really think about it that way. Um, so like, you know, it can be something as small as presenting, you know, a, a, just a status update to a client. You need to be able to communicate that effectively and clearly and, um, you know, with some gravitas in some cases. Um, but even what there's higher stakes in our field, like presenting a strategic plan or a marketing concept or um, a new business pitch. So we use this in our work a lot. So today's episode is going to talk a little bit about how um, how we use public speaking in our daily work lives in PR and communications. We'll talk about how that um, looks kind of client side and within our agency. And then we're going to leave um, our listeners with some tools, tricks, and tips that are um, going to be helpful for them. Um, but prior to, Andrew, you coming to Hodges uh, this year or in 2022, depending on when people are listening to this, um, you were with the Chamber. And um, I actually attended a session that you that you led. So do you want to talk a little bit just about how presentations were part of your your daily life in that space? Yes, and it was always nice to have a familiar face out in the audience when uh, when speaking. But yeah, at the chamber, I was working on this program called RVA Now, which is this kind of new idea, a talent retention program to keep more young people in Richmond. And a lot of times people were very uh, kind of, they didn't have much information on our program as it being a new kind of startup in the in the chamber world. So a lot of my work was kind of spreading the message through presentations about here are the trends and people are leaving Richmond and um, going to work in other cities when we have so many jobs here. And so we were kind of our, our first goal and something that was very presentation heavy was just helping people see the picture of the job trends and people migrating out of the city and helping them understand that in order to be 
successful business and help all of our businesses alike. Um, we need to work on making Richmond more attractive for young people. And so a lot of my time I was doing a lot of um, group presentations and bringing people together for panels to help them see the value of, you know, investing in talent retention strategies and kind of hoping to you. And I use presentation and exciting kind of stats and data to help kind of tell the story. So as a young person who had just graduated college, I tried to bring my perspective. And that's something we'll touch on later is just playing into your strengths. And uh, I, I tried to tell stories that uh, I, I was also focused on focusing on creating more internship programs here. And uh, I think the, the older generation appreciated my my experience uh, as a, a former intern and recently um, and what I brought to kind of sharing my own perspective there. Yeah. And that internship conversation is, is why I was in the room, because I was on a panel that was speaking about internships. So you know, that particular day you were um, in the presenter mode and, you know, I was sort of in the public speaking mode because I was invited there to kind of share perspective um, from the agency's side of things. And um, I feel like you and I both are, are kind of similar. Um, and I apologize. I have a cat in my lap who is now maybe going to knock my microphone off. Um, but you and I both, um, I feel like are, are comfortable in these spaces, but you have like this level of energy and this dynamic personality that adds, you know, character to your presentations where I, and, and I, I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like I have to stretch a little bit. Like I'm, I'm putting on a show a little bit because that's not necessarily my comfort zone. But once I stretch and get there, I feel like that comes through in my presentation or, or whatever topic I'm speaking about. But you know, kind of going back to that client side, agency side, kind of thinking about how we use public speaking and presentations in our work. You know, I was at the chamber that day represent, representing Hodges. I was, you know, showcasing my subject matter expertise, subject matter expertise that Hodges owns. But, you know, in our client work, we're still doing this, you know, presentation, public speaking work constantly. Um, so thinking about media relations, you know, if we're doing a media training with a client, our job is to make sure that they are effective public speakers when they're put in front of the media, that they're, you know, communicating clearly and confidently and hitting their talking points. Um, and we're, we also do speech writing. We um, will prepare presentations for our clients. So it's important for us as individuals to be good public speakers and to be good presenters um, on behalf of our personal identities and brands and, and, and Hodges, but it's also kind of critical to the work that we do because the products that we create, you know, for our clients that we get paid for, why they hire us also kind of lives in this space. So thinking about, um, you know, we train our clients all the time we like to do professional development ourselves. So I would love if you put on your thinking cap as a instructor, um, as a faculty member, someone that kind of lives and breathes in the space, both kind of in the education and the living it out in real life. Um, but I'd love to ask you a couple of questions that you can then just let people know best practices and kind of tips and tricks and maybe like what you use when you're, when you're presenting to a large group of people. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. All right. So number one, what should someone do to prepare in advance of a presentation? Yeah, this is the question that 
when I was teaching at Tech that always got asked and we tried to address it early on. Um, and it seems obvious to people who maybe have done a lot of speech writing before or are kind of presenting data or, you know, research or presentation on a daily basis. But this idea of an outline, we hear about it a lot, you know, or writing story and, and written communication. But a lot of times the same trends kind of connect with public speaking. We're delivering an idea and it needs to follow a clear outline, just like when you're writing a good story or a paper. Um, and so kind of coming up with and understanding the key points you want to drill down early on and kind of outlining your thoughts that's always the best place to start, especially when you're given a limited time. And that's something we're gonna, I want to touch on later. But knowing how long you have to speak and kind of making sure you're being concise is really important. And an outline can kind of help you streamline your thoughts to say, OK, these are the most important points I have to discuss during my presentation. And I need to make sure I highlight these examples and kind of make sure I drill down these key aspects. And so I think an outline helps you kind of understand everything you need to cover and kind of pull apart the most important concepts that you really want to focus on. Um, and so there's a lot of uh, schools of thought with people saying, do I write out my entire speech? Do I make it a keyword outline? And so I think people feel more comfortable a lot of times writing out their speech and our school of thought. And what I've always taught is to kind of deliver speeches extemporaneously, which means to kind of use keywords, a keyword outline, to kind of guide your thoughts because there's nothing worse than when you've memorized your speech, you've written it out word for word and you get halfway through it. Everything's going well. People are laughing. They're going along with you. And you reach that point where you just forget what you're going to say. And I've seen people in my class. I've seen people present at the chamber at their board, board meetings where they forget what they're going to say. And it's just this huge pause and it kind of can be really hard to get back on track. So by using a keyword outline, you know, the points you need to address, but if you deliver the sentence a little bit differently, like you would in a conversation, um, that's okay. And as long as you're kind of able to highlight the key facts and get to each key point, that's what matters most. And so this keyword outline also helps you speak more conversationally and people relate to conversations. And that's another reminder I always tell students is that like at the end of the day, we're giving a presentation and people aren't hoping you fail. They're there to see you do well and are cheering you on and aren't as critical as you, as you might think. So that's something that's really important. And then also when you're presenting content that you're not as familiar with, or maybe you're kind of new to the topic or um, on the client side, maybe it's like the latest data that's just come out. Really familiarizing yourself with the data is so important because when we are knowledgeable and really understand everything and can explain it clearly, it helps us be more comfortable presenting the information and helping other people see the the kind of key points. So I always say like before a speech or even a simple presentation, just running through the topics and information with a coworker or somebody just to make sure that you're able to understand it clearly. Oftentimes people will say, what do you mean by this? And it's a great point that you need to, that's a good sign. You need to clarify what you're going to talk about and provide more examples. See, I, I, I love that because, you know, we outlined this episode, but we didn't script it out because like we just knew kind of the order of operations. We have a rough timeline. Um, you know, thank goodness for technology. We can kind of stop and start and edit if, as needed. But if you're doing a, a speech or a presentation at a conference, like you have a hard you have a hard out at 15 minutes, like you need to be able to get in those um key messages and those points and you don't have a buffer like you might have a time clock at the back of the room so 
Um, I love, I love that because it helps. Um, and, and for me too, personally, if I get in a room and if I'm like super scripted, then I beat myself up. If I'm like, oh my God, I didn't hit that. What, like I added that line of humor and I didn't deliver it right or whatever it is. Like to me, if I just go by keywords, it's, it feels less stressful. And it, I, I know if I'm hitting the words, I'm not just like focusing so much on the verbiage or the, the delivery and I don't beat myself up self up afterwards. Yeah. And I think you can often like tell when somebody is reading it word for word They're you can, they're just trying to get through the presentation. They're not giving those like deep pauses to like add emphasis on key points, which can be a really like nice conversational tone. That's important for keeping people engaged. Um, so I think the time and practice too, that's the thing that I, when I ask my students at the end of the year, what's something that you wish you knew early on? And mm-hmm. it's just the amount like practicing, even if it's, you know, you're rehearsing it differently each time because we, we preach the, you know, keyword outline, but just practicing it to know errors or, you know, know areas of your speech where you need to clarify or maybe rephrase things before every single presentation or, you know, lecture I give, I always go through it. I don't necessarily do the entire um, lesson I'm going to give, but I at least go through it and kind of see where there's areas where I might need to clarify something when I'm reading through it or kind of, or not, not reading of course, but uh, <laughs> thinking through the different slides, like, Hey, this kind of is a little bit unclear or vague and I can find, hiccups in my presentation that I wouldn't have seen unless I kind of gone through it the night before. So that's something too, just the, just practicing it and knowing that the, the parts of your speech that you really want to focus on, I think going through it a couple of times helps you kind of remember, okay, this is what I really want to drill down. Awesome. Well, that's a great segue. So number two, question number two is how does a person's delivery affect their presentation overall and how it's received by the audience? Yes, that's a great question. And I think it's one that depends on the person, but everybody can benefit by embracing their personality and maybe pushing their extemp- their uh, extrovertedness a little bit. You have to have to work a little bit harder. I think at the end of the day, I'm someone who naturally just has a lot of enthusiasm for speaking and presenting. And I get a lot of energy from the idea of giving a speech, whereas a lot of people feel that is not the case. You know, people rank public speaking second to their greatest fears to death. And I sometimes don't like to bring that up because then people (laughs) that are sitting in my class are like, well, I wasn't that nervous to take this class. And now I am because it's the second greatest fear. So I'm kind of have a mixed approach on that. But I think something that goes a long way for anything is that people can tell when you care and are passionate about what you're talking about. And that makes them more invested. When you came to the chamber after the after your presentation talking about our internship program at Hodges and what you've done, people came up to me and said, wow, Casey is a great leader because she's in this program is strong because the way that she talked about our program, she was excited about it. And you were smiling and like excited to share your story and people feed off that enthusiasm. And if nothing else, even if the data or the topic or the presentation is dry, if you can bring it to life and bring some enthusiasm to the topic, I think other people might be surprised at how much more they're invested in hearing you. There's nothing worse than someone just reading through the slides. You've all had been to a presentation where someone clearly just wants to be done with it. And it kind of makes you mm-hmm. want to be move on and be done with it too. Um, so that's something I think in terms of delivery, just showing your enthusiasm and really thinking about ways to bring the presentation to life and make it personal to people. That's something else too. I always try to say the more examples, the better, the more life stories. We're all humans and there's nothing better than when someone can take a break from the dryness of the content. If it is kind of data heavy and kind of break it down into a story that we can all connect with. 
the end of the day, we're all humans and we all, you know, have human connections. So I think making, bringing stories into your presentation in some way, even making sure they're short and sweet to not distract, but that can go a long way. And that's something that as someone who tries to have a lot of enthusiasm, my students would say, Hey, like in my reviews, they'd say, you know, Andrew is, he loves public speaking. He thinks about public speaking every day. He probably is like, this is his dream job. In reality, I I like public speaking, but it's not like my favorite thing in the world. There's other things I like to do in my free time. So, Right. Uh, but I think that they, they saw my enthusiasm and saw that as a way to invest in the class and, and think that it's something they should take seriously as well. And I think another thing, too, and I don't know if you said this word specifically, but it's confidence. And in, and even if it's faking it till you make it. I mean, I um, this got me through my senior year in school, um, but I had a philosophy called like the date night philosophy. It's like do your hair, do your makeup, wear that jacket that makes you feel like you you're standing up nice and tall. And it's like when you walk into a room and you have the confidence, even if you don't, to your point, fully know every single piece of the material. If you have that confidence walking in, if your head is held high, it's it's amazing how much just the right mindset can can carry you through a presentation, whether you're nervous or don't know the material, whatever it may be. Um, that, so, yeah, that's a great point. And I think confidence can come from also finding a few people in the room, no matter where you are, that can give you that affirmation that you're doing a good job that, you know, there's always a few people that are always very attentive during a speech and they'll kind of smile and find those people that are going to be your supporters yes. throughout. Because I think sometimes when you're giving a speech or a presentation, or just talking, doing public speaking, you start to doubt yourself, you know, you just start to. I mean, you've been talking for a while, you kind of start to wonder. So finding those people that can like be your affirmation is going to help you be more confident too. So when you walk in the room, like I always, when I'm about to present, I go talk to a few people and like in the networking phase or kind of before we start, just to kind of like have a few people that can be on my side. I think that can help people gain more confidence um, at the beginning as too. I'm pretty sure I did that at the chamber because I, I see those faces in my head, in my mind's eye. <laughs> I still know who they were in that room. Um, so the last question, question number three is how can you be a more authentic storyteller when you're in this public speaking presentation mode? Yeah, I think I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but when you're being authentic, I think it's don't try to be someone you're not and don't try to like, if you're not someone, if you're someone who's funny, you can embrace a joke. And I kind of always say too, um, sometimes telling a quick little joke or like trying to make a joke and like at least giving yourself a chance to laugh can kind of help you take a deep breath. Um, a lot of times I see students that'll just, they come in and they give their speech and they kind of spurt it all out all at once. It comes out in one mm. sentence that's matched all together and it's like a hundred miles per hour. So taking that deep breath um, and kind of doing a reset throughout and remembering that you're just a person giving a speech. This isn't the end of the world. No matter what you say, it's okay to have a few hiccups it can help you kind of relax and be more authentic. But with that, if you're not someone who's like, you think is someone who tells jokes normally, don't just try to come up and be a comedian and during your speech, cause that can be hard and it's definitely not playing into your strengths and everyone has something they can offer when they're speaking. And so just kind of telling stories. And I think I read written down too, like just smiling goes a long way too to show that you're, you know, able to connect with people and um, bring it to life just through, through stories is always a good way to kind of tell, help people see your credibility as a speaker and where you come from. Because I think sometimes too, people are wondering who is this person that's talking about this presentation? Like what is their perspective and like, what are they bringing aside from like the, the topic they're covering? So if you can bring in like your perspective, um, especially if it's a new group of people kind of talking about like who you are, a little introduction, some people skip over that is like, 
who is this person presenting today and like what do they bring aside from the the topic and i i really like your note about being you at the end of the day you're just a person on a stage with a microphone right like you're you know and i think that human piece is so important to authenticity i mean um I, I just did it, but like you mess up your words sometimes when you're, when you're speaking in front of folks or like, you know, tech, tech changes. Like if you have a screen behind you, like your audio won't work one time or your video won't work one time. So having those moments where you just like, it's just life. Like the world is not ending because your slide deck didn't advance. Like being a human in those moments, I think help uh, connect you with the audience a little bit more and, and adds a little bit of, um, you know, it's just not so serious because, you know, I mean, unless you were presenting to, I don't know, the UN, that might be a little more serious. But if you're in a room of peers or, um, you know, industry colleagues, um, it's nice to be real and and authentic. So um, that's great. Um, so that was the end of my sort of pre-list questions. But are there any other takeaways or tips or resources that you have encountered in your whether it's in your teaching or um, just in your your daily life that you want to share with listeners? Yeah, there's one thing I really want to talk about that I think people f- kind of forget about. And it's this, this idea of the primacy and recency effect. And it's this idea that this theory that we, and science has backed it up, that we were, when someone speaks, we often remember the first thing they mention and the last thing. And sometimes the information in the middle can get lost, especially when it's been a long presentation. And so I cannot stress this enough and I try to do it as much as I can, but like, remember to remind the audience about what you are hoping to accomplish in your speech early on. Like, here's why I'm here today. Here's what we're going to go over. And this can be, you know, backed up with a good status grid or, you know, a good outline that's on that first slide, but then reminding them what the key takeaways were so they can leave your presentation with those talking, you know, those key statistics, those key you know, findings or whatever you're presenting that they can take back with them and kind of carry forth into the world. I think there's just a lot of times the presentation goes, you know, you get to the middle of it and you get to the end and you're like, all right, well, I finally reached the end of this presentation. I'm done. I'm tired of being up here, but remember what's most important because that's often what people will will take home with them. Um, And just having expectations that your people aren't going to remember everything you talked about. But if you can just kind of emphasize the, the key points at the end there, I think that goes a long way. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned this just now, but people I think are very hard on themselves when they're doing public speaking and they say, ah, or, um, and it, they, or you forget a word or misspeak and they think it's the end of the world, but we're all humans, like you said. And, uh, I think just knowing that you're going to have a few hiccups can kind of help you be assured that it's not the end of the world. Uh, but to come in with confidence, knowing that people, you, you have good information worth sharing and, you're, you're, I think just knowing that you can do better than sometimes we, we give ourselves credit for. And that was going to be sort of my closing note, too. <laughs> I mean, someone came up to me at a conference I was presenting at um, a month or so ago. And apparently one of my nervous tics is I did like a little dance while I was on stage. And I was like, I had no idea I did that. But thank you for sharing. But I'm like, well, you know what? If that person connected my presentation with that silly dance at the end, then like, that's just my personality coming through. It's authentic. It's real. It shows I'm human. And um, I know better next time. Maybe I need to, you know, hold notes in a way that doesn't allow me to do a little jig. Um, well, but uh, 
Good. That was one of the things too. I think having notes, that's something I was going to bring up. Like we talked about the keyword outline to start, but just having some notes, that's something I think is really important is having a few keyword notes on note cards you can fall back on. If you do reach a point where you draw a blank, it can really help you just know and feel like there's a safety net there that, mm-hmm. okay, I at least have this with me. And honestly, a lot of people that have their notes don't ever look at their notes, but the fact they have them in their hand, it's like someone's up there on stage with them or doing the presentation goes a really long way. So I think that's something that's really important that we didn't touch, touch on, but goes, I think most people know it, but sometimes just the subtle having it up there goes a long way too. And it's a tactile tool because I, during this whole presentation I've been fiddling with yes. my ring but when I'm on stage if I have you know just even a note card that I don't even hold but if it it grounds me so I'm not completely flailing around um and distracting the presentation at hand yeah um and well, holding Andrew's- it in, and holding it in the non-dominant hand that's something that I didn't ever think about but mm. like holding it in the non-dominant hand you're not going to be like as likely to wave your note cards around and have them a little bit more subtly placed that was something that I got great feedback from a professor that, hey, hold your note cards in your non-dominant hand. Your dominant hand is going to be the one guiding the discussion. Oh, I love that. Good closing tip. Um, Well, this has been excellent, Andrew. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and expertise. Um, And I look forward to future podcast conversations with you. Thanks for having me, Casey. It's been fun.